it's awesome for clients who are kind of pussyfooting around decisions and can't quite decide what they want or what they like. The Wingnut Social Podcast. Today, we're talking about outsourcing your renderings and how that can help you in your interior design business with Kelly Fridline. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the ebullient Darla Powell. I am the head Wingnut, and I am joined by the sleepy nag, Natalie Engraff. Hello, Darla. Natalie, did you have a rough night? I did. Um, Were you working your day job? Yes. I might have uh, caught some Zs in the bottom of a fire truck. (laughs) What what had happened? You had a late call? Oh, yeah. I think I slept from midnight to about 1.30 in the bottom of the fire truck, and um, my back ain't what she used to be. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds very restful. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was quite restful. (laughs) I'm sorry. Usually you have pretty quiet nights, but that sounds like a rough night. So will you be able to slog through this podcast and talk to Kelly? Will you be able to stay awake? Absolutely. She's very interesting. I know. So that should help. It should. She definitely has it going on, but Let's see what else we have going on in the DPI wingnut world. Oh, we have a lot going on in the DPI. Well, we just finished a photo shoot. A really, yes, oh, it turned out so well. Ethan Marat, as who's uh, who photographed this shoot, who's actually our lead designer's bro, bro man, bro ham, little bro, they little look bro. Just alike. Mm-hmm. They do. Like if you <laughs> if you cut Johanna's hair and uh, or put long hair on Ethan. They're, they're twinning. They're yes, totally they twinning. Definitely. Anyhow, I, I digress. We're going to, this is going to be the first project that we submit to, uh, I think, for publication. So Absolutely. I'm dying to share it all over social media. I've put some of it in the stories, but nothing like really. Yes, you cannot share it, darling. Nothing really polished. It's killing no. my instant gratification itch. Well, that's because you have to be patient. I have patience. to be patience. Well, no, those that's me. <laughs> I have to be patient. I have to embodify the word. That's right. That's right. And we have a very busy week. I guess this will be later time, but mm-hmm. real time now. We have two full consultations this week. Oh, I know. From Instagram. From Instagram. I'm going to post that in the lab. Straight up from yep. Instagram. Straight up yep. from Instagram. And another. I also had some, uh, I'm not going to say who it is yet because it's not fully fleshed out, but I actually had uh, local designers reach out to me today to speak at a an event they're having this year i won't say who when where why or what yet but if it's cemented then i will to be a headliner speaker at their event and i was just like wait are you sure you have the right number (laughs) you know you're talking to darla right okay just make it just isn't luann nagara um no they they have the right number yeah. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that fleshes out. But then I have to prepare a 45 minute presentation. Ah, uh, you can handle it. You like to hear yourself talk. <sighs> I do. I I kind of do. Right. Yeah. I used to hate my voice, but now I've grown to love it and embrace it yeah. for all it is. Nails even though on a chalkboard. even though you sound you say you sound like the guy on that what's that show the Superstore the the guy that played the manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is his name? Ken. Yeah, I forget his name. Just, I can't forget his name too, but it's pretty funny. Anywho. So today we're going to be talking about renderings and outsourcing renderings. If it's not in your scope of genius, you know you don't want to spend a million hours doing it when someone like Kelly can do it in two, or I don't know. I have no idea how long five it minutes. takes. She's going to tell us. Five minutes? Wow. That's, I know. That's she my must, prediction. She must be really cheap then. No, she's not. <laughs> she's very good. I don't know. I have no idea what she does. She's very good at what she does. She I've is. I've seen I, some, of, mm-hmm. the, some I, of the renderings. I have too. So 
you know, delegating that kind of thing outside of your scope of genius, unless you're a millennial and really super good at it, how is it going to benefit you as an interior designer? You know, is it something we even really need for our clients, for our portfolios, for our social media? So we're going to dig into that. But first, Kelly Fridline is a personable, detail-oriented, and architecturally trained, say that 10 times, architecturally trained interior designer with a specialty in 3D renderings and design documentation. Kelly assists fellow interior designers, architects, and contractors who are motivated to present their clients with a clear picture and vision of their designs prior to implementation. Okay, Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Kelly Fridline to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Kelly Fridline. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? Good. How are you guys? We're excellent. We're so excited to have you on here. Your work is stunning. I love your renderings. Oh, thanks. It's a few years in the making. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So tell us, I know you have your own your own company that specializes in offering renderings and for designers. Tell us a little bit about that and your background. How did you get started with that? Sure. So I graduated from Savannah College of Art and Design and with a Master of Architecture. And during that time, I spent other than all the technical education, everything that you go through with architecture school, I spent a lot of time working on renderings and presentation work and drawing. So then when I went out into the actual real world, I was finding that while I was getting hired to do general construction drawings and you know schematic design and all those sorts of things that you would expect an intern architect to get hired for, they were also hiring me because of my art background and my rendering capabilities. So I had an amazing architect that I worked under for a couple of years in New York, and he really taught me how to see composition beyond what I had before. And then when I went out on my own, I found that renderings were basically a niche, and I really loved working with interior designers specifically. So that's how I got where I am. Have you done any um, interior design work with clients as well? Or has it just been mostly just the renderings from the out the gate? No, I have. So um, I worked on a few projects when I was in upstate New York in the architecture firm um, in collaboration with their in-staff interior design. And then when I moved to Texas a few years ago, I worked for a design build company where they hired me as basically I brought them up to AIA standards for construction drawings. And then I did all their interiors packages for their build out. So I worked with um, clients one-on-one -on -one there. And then since going out on my own, I've taken on my own projects, which includes a very large restaurant in Texas. Oh, cool. nice. Okay. So, so you're still hands-on from that, uh, that end too. And how do you find the time to mix that up you know, doing your own projects and all these interior designers reaching out to you to do their renderings. And also, I want to get into, I just have a couple of questions about the logistics of that before we get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> sure. A lot of it's actually just scheduling. So um, I found that when I'm hiring specific interior designers, I have minimum turnarounds and which is for me about two weeks uh, from the time that everything is submitted. So I'll review everything with them, let them know if it's feasible within my timeline and how much I currently have on my plate. And that will be taken into account if I have any of my own active projects. But I use a software for most of my renderings called Chief Architect, and everything is included. It's like an all-inclusive software. So it's not like I'm jumping to six different software other than maybe Photoshop. So it really helps streamline the process as well. 
We have that too. Chief Architect uh, Johan is the one that uses it because I delegate outside of my scope of genius. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Does I'm that not, make you a genius, darling? Yeah, not in Chief Architect, but in some things maybe, but not in that. So I definitely delegate that. And I know she loves it. But here's here's my question because we don't really do like some of the renderings that I've seen you do online in the groups have just been amazingly stellar. And I find that for our projects, we're more basic. Like we just show here's the kitchen, here's the layout, here's a floor plan, here's elevations. So we don't do really full blown resolutions like that. So my question is to you, okay, if a designer comes and says, I have this kitchen, I want you to render it for me. What do you need from them in order to do it exactly? You don't, because it just blows my mind that you are able to do that without actually standing in the space, taking out your little laser measure. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how are you able to do that from a, you know, from a distance without being in the space? I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. How does that work? Well, like anything, the more information a designer gives me, the better. So many, most of the time they'll send me all the existing condition dimensions. So anything that they've taken, done takeoffs in the field, if it's a new build and they're working off of um, formal CDs, they'll send those to me as well. I actually ask for the full packet if they're working directly with architects or draftsmen, um, because then I can really build the structure appropriately and then I'll bring it in. So then once the existing is in the computer, I'll send them general shots or upload the model so that they can walk through it and make sure that that looks correct based off of their experience in the space or what their expectations are. And then they'll send me all the specs. Um, Unless it's purely a rendering project, then I actually ask for everything up front. And that includes, so are you doing wallpaper? All right. Well, I don't want the image of the wallpaper. I'd like the vendor, model number, colorway, color, you know, um, everything so that I can actually search for the best image because having something on on your lap sending it to me isn't necessarily going to be better. And I've had designers send me screenshots. And if you want that high quality rendering, it's better to just send me the specs and let me search for it other than if for some reason you're seeing a color issue afterwards because... Sometimes the stuff that's on right. a vendor's website is different than what it looks like in person when you've got the sample in front of you. I was just really curious about that. Yeah, and how that how that works. And maybe what if you're not working with an architect or you're not all that fancy and say you're just uh, out there, you're a little solopreneur and you're doing you, stick figures, doing stick figures. Yeah. And just, you know, hand drawing a kitchen on a napkin. <laughs> yeah. I've had designers who've really only sent me a few dimensions. I prefer more, but they'll send me maybe the ceiling height. And if it's you know, a kitchen that has four walls, they'll send me a whole bunch of pictures. And generally, since I've been working on the architectural side for over eight years, not including um, the five years of education, I've gotten really good at being able to understand the proportions of millwork, doorways, all those sorts of things. So because of that, I can a lot of times look at photos and base it off of just general industry standards. Uh, that I imagine that would be very helpful, especially Sounds, for yeah. yeah designers just starting out who may be just lost in the sauce or overwhelmed just to have you on their team to help them out with that. <laughs> I've wrapped my head around that a little bit. So let's talk about a little bit about the importance of rending. Now, 
shows like HGTV mm-hmm. Property Brothers and, you know, Love It or List It or whatever, they seem to have renderings that show up magically overnight. And I'm sure that I'm not alone. Interior designers are finding that when they go to consultations, they go to jobs that clients are expecting these 3D walkthrough virtual reality mm-hmm. <laughs> renderings for every job. So tell me how, how important are renderings and when should they be used? When shouldn't they be used? I honestly think the renderings are dependent upon the product and the client. I have some designers that say, hey, I'm hooked. I'm just going to keep doing it. It Because in addition with my background, it's kind of that level of quality control as well. So I've caught things that the designers are so busy. Sometimes they're not quite in the project completely. And I'll say, hey, this looks a little wonky. So I did this instead, or I want to run this by you. And it really helps them. In addition to the quality control, it's awesome for clients who are kind of pussyfooting around decisions and can't quite Mm -hmm. decide what they want or what they like. And a lot of times for clients, for I'm saying clients, for designers, it's also to be able to pitch them. So instead of having to sit down and you bring a couple of samples in front of them and the clients are like, well, I just don't picture how all this goes together. They're able to get this rendering and it's 100% worth it because on top of them having maybe these samples in hand that they're touching and feeling, let's say you leave them over the weekend, you're leaving those renderings. And we've all had it where we've done our design presentation, we go home and in less than 24 hours, sometimes it's when that client is sitting in bed and they're like, I don't know. You know, husband, I just yes. don't know. This is crazy. Or the husband starts like, well, you know, um, this is really expensive. Are you sure? Does she really know what she's talking about? The difference is they've got this picture in front of them. And you know that that client is now showing everyone and their mother these renderings. And they're all saying, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so pretty. And every time they start getting really angsty, you just say, hey, look at the rending. Isn't pretty? And designers do that all the time. <laughs> and it just kind of eases their mind. So, in your opinion, who does it benefit the most, the client or the designer? I think it does both because you're spending as a designer, you're, once those renderings are finished, other than if there's little, little tweaks, you're you're done pitching it. And then on top of it, you've got the affirmation from your client that they love it. And then you've won them over. So there's been times where some client, some of my designers are like, you know, I've got a couple of different options. I want to show them, you know, I don't know if they're going to go for the more expensive piece or if I need to show them the less expensive piece. So sometimes they'll put in the more expensive one. The client's hooked. So they automatically get a markup and their client's at ease. Nice. You know, um, to your previous point, when you're talking about, you know, they're showing everybody and their grandmother, the, the pictures, you know, you know, and getting opinions and then maybe second guessing themselves. I've heard two schools of thought about leaving images of the project or the design, you know, scope or the direction with the client. And then a lot of designers will, and they don't think twice about it. But some designers say they never, never let them keep it, never let them hold on to it. Just precisely because of that, they'll show everybody and their grandmother and what they loved at the presentation. You know, the grandmother may say, oh, you know, you know, really millennial blush, not so much. And then they start second guessing themselves. What what are your thoughts on that? Should we, should we do the presentations and then just kind of hold on tight to it? Or you're okay with leaving it with them and let the chips fall where they may? Honestly, it probably depends on the client, but I've had clients um, in the past who will do the same exact thing. They'll say, well, I showed my mom and my mom said this and this. And yeah, you're going to get mm-hmm. that phone call, but you have that ability to then turn around and say, 
hey, so-and-so, I've been working with you for three months. I definitely know your style. And there's a reason why you didn't hire your mom. Um, you know? Ooh, I like it. <laughs> oh, I like it. I love that. Yeah. yeah don't, don't hide. Yeah, there's that a reason why. definitely a different perspective on matters for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we do our presentations at Darla Palantir's, like I said, we don't really do full-blown renderings. We do kind of like the more mood boardy kind of thing here's here's some of the ideas of the furnishings we would use here's some of the pictures because we don't really uh, go that expense fully and most of our presentations go really well but on an occasion (laughs) we have them where they're not able to you know we take it for granted that we can envision it and maybe the clients can't they aren't able to envision it so how how important do you think it is to just go ahead and and just dive in for a presentation and doing a full-blown rendering for that or you think there's you know do you think it's necessary that maybe we just communicate a little bit better and say you know I you know, that's the thing we're like torn because I did say earlier clients are expecting it but it's time consuming and it costs a lot you know it costs a lot to do in hours it is as I keep saying it's dependent upon the client but right. I think most designers who start working with me and have worked with other rendering artists that I know once you get hooked and you see the reaction and how much easier it is in the long run, you just start building billing it into the overall quote. So um, most of the designers I work with on a regular basis, when they're at the start of their project, they will email me before they sit down or send their formal proposal. And they'll say, hey, I really want to add you into this. I almost just want to include it as a packet so the client doesn't really even get the option in some cases because that's just the general mm-hmm. expectation. And how long do you think it'll be? And I'll just give an, um, an estimate of time. If it's really for a final rendering and they don't need any kind of virtual design assistance or they're not going to want any drawings afterwards, it's just for formal renderings. I actually have a pricing option that works really well. And I may say, hey, this is going to be a bigger project. Let's go off of this one. And then they'll build that in. I honestly think that if what is working for you guys works, then that's fine. Um, I can say that the designers who do work with me, they get all the files. So for all of my designers who have home designer or chief architect, they get all my model files. So I'll package it. So you get all the materials, everything I've built into the model. So if you end up having any built-ins that you're having me custom built Um, or any kitchens or bathrooms or anything, that's all set up so that you can bring them into and do formal CDs with them. So you talked a little bit about chief architects and how you'll send the designer the files for chief architect. What would you recommend for smaller designers to start working with the residential clients for a small business? Would you recommend that they go out and and get the chief architect? I mean, is there an in-between? Because, you know, chief architect for a beginner, a new designer might be a little steep. Yeah, it's definitely pricey. For most interior designers, if they are primarily doing soft furnishings and maybe some bathrooms and lighter end kitchen remodels, maybe they're not completely gutting it or they're not doing the end result isn't to get these over-the-top renderings. I generally recommend actually a software called Home Designer Pro. It's basically if you took Chief Architect and stripped out all of the the beautiful marbled fat, so you don't get the ribeye anymore. But you, you know, <laughs> um, but it it has everything in it. Um, there's a reason why a lot of these softwares are still advertised for DIYers because it is pretty simple. If you 
are a CAD junkie or you have any experience, maybe you played Sims in high school like myself. It's basically you're just playing Sims. You're just not telling them where to move. I'm qualified then. I played Sims, not in high school, but I played it. <laughs> well, what's the what's the yeah, flip side for that for someone, a designer that does commercial? Do you have a recommendation for a, a decent software for sure. that? Sure. So for commercial... It, it that's a mixed bag. So you can do light commercial in Chief Architect, but really Chief Architects ha, has only in the last couple of years really become a software that is becoming more and more tailored towards architects, interior designers, and other like direct professionals. I think a lot a lot of it before, up until maybe three years ago, it was looking more like DIY software or more of you know, the nitty gritty draftsman style, hey, I can model a house and like whip this out really quickly sort of thing. As for really large commercial, if you're working with a larger team, so it's not just you, the next step up would be Revit. So when I talk to most designers who say, oh, well, I have an experience with Revit, but it's just way more than I need. um, Then I'll say chief architect will be easy for you. The only thing is it's kind of like, going from chief architect to home designer, you're going to be looking for things that just aren't available. And then you just have to figure out how to do it. So really, there's no wrong software. There really isn't any wrong software. You have to do what works well for you. So the nice thing with Revit for really large commercial projects is you're going to find most, most large architecture firms that are working with a BIM software. They're using Revit at this point. And it's because you can do really beautiful renderings out of it, but you can also have a huge team. So within one model... You can partition it off to different team members. So you can turn around and tell your structural engineer, hey, go ahead and put all the structural components in. And then you have somebody else that's doing all the HVAC. I remember when I was in school, there was a girl who came in and talked to my electronic design class. I think it was a Revit class. And she said her entire job is she works for a large commercial-based architecture firm. And her whole job at the time was just spend the entire day in these massive high-rise Revit models to make sure that like the HVAC (laughs) wasn't going through a door or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's important. (laughs) Our commercial designer, Fiorella Bazan, she does use Revit and Johanna uses Chief Architect, but um, she's a freelancer. So she she came with it, which was nice because Revit is, again, Mm -hmm. very steep, very expensive. Hey, Wingnuts, do you love doing your own social media, but you just don't have a sound strategy in place? Are you just throwing images at the wall, hoping that they stick to your ideal client? Well then, Darla and I are super excited to tell you about our Wingnut Social Strategy Package. One of our expert social media specialists will help you discover your goals, analyze your current performance, build your customized social marketing plan, and coach you on the implementation. It's a tremendous value, and you can find out more by going to wingnutsocial/services or by giving us a call at one eight seven seven Wingnut. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com/services or one eight seven seven Wingnut. Now back to the show and the crazy. Okay, so let's talk about marketing with rendering. So we have a lot of designers listening, I'm sure that haven't haven't been around for 10, 15, 20 years, and they don't have a massive portfolio. So what, what are your thoughts about using some of the renderings with your aesthetic to use as here's how I would design this space? This is my aesthetic to use them for a portfolio or for social media, or for marketing in general. Do you get designers with those requests? Or have they had any success? I have, with that? Yes. So 
I've done a rendering for a designer who's building her portfolio and she had a project that the client would wouldn't let her photograph. So she sent me all the specs and I modeled and rendered it for her. And I've had another designer who actually hired me to do an HGTV series of renderings for her. Um, We can't post those yet (laughs) because they're not available. Yep, Um, But she was able to use that to um, get that project and to get the directors and producers on board to hire her. Um, And then for me, if anyone were to follow my Instagram, it's a, it's a mix. It's really a collage. And for a while I started just posting my regular, you know, if you, if you scroll down a bit, you're going to see some like, Hey, I'm at a wedding photos. And, um, and then I think (laughs) actually on Wingnut social Facebook page, I think I had, you guys did a, Hey, follow an Instagram thing last fall or early late summer or something like that and I posted mine and you actually had a follower who has a huge following comment on my Instagram and said hey your whole website everything's put together but your Instagram is not so much so (laughs) so (laughs) I invested the time and I've been doing most of the posts myself and it's been really fun but it's definitely a learning experience but I've really before I was yep. like, no, I'm not going to use anyone else's work. And then I realized that for me, because I'm doing so many renderings, actually mixing it up every now and again and adding texture from other designers and bringing them in so that they can not only see my work, um, but other designers can see how my renderings blend really well with final photos. And I've had designers get final photos mixed up with my renderings, which is a little awkward for me when they're like, oh, this is a beautiful (laughs) rendering. And I've got the designer who paid all the (laughs) photography in there. They're like, uh, these are pictures. (laughs) It's important for you to post that the, all those different renderings anyway, because you're a B2B and you want the designers to see that you can work with, you know, different styles, different designers. That's brilliant. What's your Instagram handle? It is at Kelly Fridline. Well, that's easy to remember. Yeah. I, well, I tried to decide whether I wanted at Kelly Fridline Design, but I was like, you know, it's just me right now. So I decided to just keep it simple. Go back to the, the designer. We can't say who it is, but let me just make sure I understand. So you did renderings for her for a project that HGTV was tagged in, saw, and said, wow, this lady really knows her crap. Let's put her on HGTV. No, so she had already been lined up to possibly be on an HGTV show, and she needed renderings. (sighs) And I can tell those who have not experienced it, their budget provided by HGTV is not super high. So she actually went out of pocket um, to hire me. So she did it to be able to pitch her the end design to the producer so that they would approve it prior to filming. Now, will your rendering be one of the ones they show on HGTV? That- they will. Yep. That's so exciting. You're going to be an HGTV star. <laughs> <laughs> like Maybe you'll, you'll see my name like scroll through the credits like way down there. <laughs> At the very end. <laughs> All right, Kelly, I have one more question for you before we get into the wet up wingnut round. Do you have an example of a a time or a little story that a client just really wasn't sold on your vision until you were able to show them the rendering? Yes. So I had a designer reach out to me probably around Christmas and she was having a really hard time with a couple um, of her clients. They were actually from Korea and they'd moved over here and they 
they were having communication issues and they couldn't picture what was going on. So she hired me to do the renderings and it included a dining room and a living room. And uh, we did the renderings and they signed no questions asked. So it, oh, wow. it answered all the questions that they were having, um, all of the communications that they were ha- having between English and their primary language, they, there, there wasn't an issue because they could just talk right about the rendering. A picture says a thousand words. Exactly. Right? That's, a great tra- <laughs> that's a great translation. I love, it. I love that. Kelly Fridline, I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Yes, I am. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be a sugar maple because I think I'm sweet with a little bit of sticky. Ooh. <laughs> so many questions that will go unanswered. Well, when I wrote it down, I was literally question. like, what does that mean? But I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Oh, it was a hashtag? I thought it said number. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, I have number 23 down. I don't know. I don't play sports, but... <laughs> No, what would the hashtag be? I guess right now it'd be hashtag blonde moment. I don't know. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? It'd probably be to make everyone happy. Then I have a little bit more control over the overall outcome. So, Oh, that's really sweet. I got warm fuzzies. (laughs) Last but not least, what book has had the biggest impact on you either personally or professionally? I'll be honest, this was actually a really hard question. Um, So... (laughs) There is actually an Audible book. It's only available on Audible, and it's called Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins. I love it. It was so good. And then she came out with another one, and I'm sitting there, and I'm psychoanalyzing myself for like two hours. (laughs) (laughs) I love Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. How good is she? You know, she's coming out with a talk show. I forget for, I think, I want to say ABC. Really? But she's going to be like the, yeah, like a Dr. Phil kind of situation, but Mel Robbins. I yeah, I love that. her. She's so good. I do, I'd do. i love to see her live. Let's do it. Let's make a date. Let's go see her live. That'd be awesome. Actually, you should put her together with a bunch of clairvoyants and see what happens. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, yeah, so I highly recommend that book, Kick-Ass by Mel Robbins. That was a terrific choice. I think you're the first one that's uh, recommended oh, that Oh, good, because I was crossing my fingers. I was like, this has probably been recommended like 15 times at this point. Nope. <laughs> All right, Kelly, can you tell the Wingnuts where they can find you and get a hold of your awesome sauce services? Perfect. So my website is www.kellyfridlinedesign.com, and you can reach me there or on my email, which is kelly at kellyfridlinedesign.com. Awesome. Terrific. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Natalie Angraff. Yes, I'm. Ellen Danick is going to get wasted. I know. Because guess what I'm going to start trying, at least experimenting with? Let me guess. Renderings, building them into your prices. Building them into your price structure, right? When we send quotes to clients, let's just build that crap in. And then send them to Kelly to do. Yeah, because I, it's just, you know, I think we take it for granted that we can see the things in our little mind's eye. And clients are so used to that HGTV, you know, the renderings, they want to see it, they want to unfold it. I think that the, the expectations are kind of there. And when we do our presentations, they're gorgeous. Johanna puts together a great presentation. But I, if it helps close presentations and designs, why the hell not? Hey. I think I think she's on to something there. 
I think that that might work for sure. <laughs> so I think everybody needs to join Ellen and take a drink. I think I could use a drink. All right, Natalie, I think that's it for this episode, right? I think that's it. All right. So guys, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to this podcast on. It absolutely helps us to reach new listeners. And I got to tell you, I'm just standing here in my shorts and a t-shirt in a room with just me and the soulless ginger. And it's so nice to hear your feedback. It really makes our weekend lets us know that you guys are out there listening to what it is that we're doing. So we totally appreciate that with all our hearts, all the hard eyes, as we say, in the social media game. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what, what was that uh, drink I was talking about, darling? <laughs> oh, I haven't started drinking yet. Oh, I will. Lord. I will. Please be sure to follow us on social at Wingnut Social on all the channels. And if you need help with your social media marketing, give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT and we will be all over that. All right, that's it for this week, Nat. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Helping me? Helping me. All right, Kelly Fridline. Now I have to ask you if you're wet, if you're wetty. I do this all the time. Hold on. Are you wetty? All right.